It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome, everyone, to the Big Blue Insider here on the Home of the Cats, News Radio 630. WLAP. Sorry for the technical difficulties there. We're trying to make sure that all the mics are working in our studio. I am Billy Rutledge filling in for Dick Gabriel today. And as we continue the week of guest host, as we've given Dick the week off, I'm in tonight. Ryan Lemon was in last night. You can hear that episode by just looking up the Big Blue Insider podcast on iTunes or the iHeartRadio app. Tomorrow you'll hear Curtis Birch and on Friday, Ryan Lemon will be back with us. But tonight, it's the Millennials. I am Billy Rutledge, along with Aaron Gershon and Bo Robinson. Aaron, my man, you've survived the technical difficulties, and you've joined us tonight. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, kind of missed technical difficulties. I haven't been around uh, radio much the last couple of weeks, but uh, it's good. Things finally dying down. I'll be on vacation next week, and then hopefully with you guys a lot more throughout the summer. Yeah, and, and speaking of summer radio, we normally don't have a lot of topics to talk about. That is not the case today. Uh, the sports world has exploded in preparation of us hosting the Big Blue Insider tonight, Aaron. And so let me run down some of the things that we'll talk about here on the two-hour show, whether it be the Lexington Legends, who have begun their first home stand of the season in the Atlantic League, starting out in Lexington, or some bombshell news regarding Medina Spirit and Bob Baffert in the legendary racehorse track of Churchill Downs. We start with the news of Coach Krzyzewski. That's right, Mike Krzyzewski, Coach K., the Duke head coach for the men's basketball team says he plans to the retire after the 2021-2022 season. This year will be his last, his 42nd season at Duke and 47th overall coaching in men's basketball. And it's the end of the era, end of an era. You know, Aaron, I can't say that this was surprising. I think there was going to eventually be a time in which Coach K steps down. Uh, he announces it in the same offseason that legendary coach Roy Williams decides to step down as well. But, you know, in a recruiting world where you have to look young athletes in the face and and possibly tell them that you're going to be coaching there for the next four years or so, I don't think he could have done that anymore. So at the age of 74 years old, Coach K announcing that he will retire after the 2021 season. In his 42 years at Duke, Aaron, he has five national titles to his name. 12 Final Four appearances, that's 15 ACC tournament championships, and he currently has the most wins ever by a college coach with 1,170. We are losing a titan of the game. And, and no matter if you're a Kentucky Wildcats fan and you hate the Blue, Duke Blue Devils and Christian Leitner with everything in your heart, you can have nothing but respect for one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time. What did you think of this news, Aaron? Yeah, thought the same thing. Pretty similar, but even... More so to the Roy Williams news, because two months later, how that rivalry uh, is going to change. Um, it, 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 he's, you just can't not respect what he's done for the game. And he's done, you know, you could argue with certain things he said, not, not in a controversial way from a, you know, a world standpoint, just more of a basketball way that may rub people off the wrong way. But he's done pretty much everything with class. He's obviously won a ton. He's built great programs. He's sent some. Uh, stellar players through the college ranks and into the NBA. So 
nothing but respect for him and what he's done at Duke. Um, it's obviously going to be really a whole different world uh, when he leaves there, and they're going to have a coach, it sounds like, who's, I think, 33 right now. He'll be 34 or 5 by the time he's the head coach. So that program is going to change significantly. We'll see uh, what it does from a recruiting standpoint. It doesn't seem like UNC uh, has missed much of the beat uh, when Roy Williams took over there, but it also it, it makes things interesting for Kentucky in a couple ways. Uh, not just Duke as a competition, but more thinking about the future of this program. Uh, John Calipari, obviously in his 60s, not quite as old as uh, Coach K, but is, the, is it that he thinks Jay Lucas, a 31-year-old, could be that guy for Kentucky's program? Obviously, he did a lot to poach him away from Texas and uh, through all these big staff changes, obviously only here one year, but Jay Lucas wasn't going anywhere, and he is the recruiting coordinator. So it is. I am curious to see if that's maybe a move that's been in Calipari's head. Um, obviously, Lucas would probably have to stick around here a lot longer than uh, the situation at Duke, but that's an interesting one. And also, you know, with Coach K uh, retiring, if Cal, assuming he's still here after next year, which I, I think will be the case, um, is he the, he's probably the biggest name in college basketball as far as coaches go. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that. Uh, some who are the superstars left in college basketball? I mean, Jim Beheim is is about the same age of Coach K. You got to think he's he's nearing retirement. Uh, Bill Self at Kansas, Tom Izzo with Michigan State. I would put Cal up there with the best of them, whether it be Bob Huggins at West Virginia or Rick Pitino and Iona. I please, please, college basketball gods, give me an Iona Duke matchup in the first round of the NCAA tournament this next year. Uh, to send Coach K out on his way. But it, I thought it was interesting, Aaron, that Kentucky's first game of the 2021 season will be against Duke in Madison Square Garden in the Champions Classic. So Coach K will kick off his send-off season against the Wildcats. And you mentioned Roy Williams, the UNC coach who has uh, decided to retire after 33 years at UNC and spending some time at Kansas. They promoted from within. They went with Hubert Davis at UNC to try to keep the momentum going, a name that recruits new and a guy that was already on staff. Duke looks to do the same. Uh, school officials have announced that associate head coach John Shire would hopes to be the coach in waiting when it comes to all this. So do you think that's the right move some of these powerhouse programs, Aaron, to promote from within? You said uh, Ja Lucas could be the option if Cal ever decided to do that. Is that the it may not be the sexy option, but I think it it keeps the most recruits, wouldn't you say? Yes, yeah, you, you nailed it. I think it's I think continuity is more important than ever uh, in this, in college sports and the transfer portal uh, being what it is, and obviously um, uh, just from a recruiting standpoint, but specifically with college basketball, the transfer portal, and even college football too. I mean, when there's a coaching change, there's a mass exodus. You saw what happened. Um, with Mississippi State football, for example, before Mike Leach uh, took over, I think they had, and kind of just those first couple of weeks during the regular season with him, they had like 20 or something transfers because uh, of the direction of the program, them not being happy. And the same goes with college basketball. You look at coaching changes. I mean, schools will have six or seven guys from their roster transfer out. I mean, it's crazy what happens there. So with Duke, not only would you – keep the recruiting relationships that you've already started to develop, uh, but you're going to keep your own guys or at least have a better chance uh, to keep your own guys from hitting that portal. And I think 
Um, that's why UNC, what they did, especially I think they have more returners than usual uh, next year, given they didn't have much success last year uh, and obviously the pandemic year. Um, and same even with Texas Tech. They did the same thing when uh, Chris Beard fled to Texas. They promoted their assistant, and their program, obviously not a blue blood, but they've had a lot of success these last three or four years, and they want to continue it. I think they did the right thing uh, by keeping in-house. So uh, I think that is the way to go. So, no, it's not the sexy hire. It's not pulling Brad Stevens, who we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, back to college basketball, but it's the smart move. I think Cal made a comment in his recent press conference and said at least 130 schools have had at least six players transfer from yeah. the program this offseason. So not only are you going to be in flux if you have a coaching change, you're just going to be in flux in general when it comes to college basketball in the incoming future. But a couple of things that I think could have played into this retirement by Coach K. One, a transition at at, at athletic director Kevin White, a recently retiring and being replaced by Nina King. And also with name, image, and likeness on the horizon. Aaron, you know, I don't think a lot of these old souls, these old coaches, like what's coming to their world of college athletics. I think Roy Williams was a little bit more open about it than maybe Coach K was. But I was reading articles saying that Coach K has expressed some doubts about the direction of the sport. We talk about some of these insane numbers when it comes to the transfer rule. When the players start getting some of this power, Aaron, I can see why some of these old guys like Coach K may be wanting to get get on and you know just say, hey, I had a good run. I'm not ready for all this to envelop my game. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to agree and disagree with. Obviously, the name I, I think NLI name image likeness is a no brainer. It's been a no brainer. It took too long to finally get to where we're getting finally having some momentum here. Um, so that one I don't really understand. Obviously, I get wanting the power. Everyone wants power when they have it, but that's too bad. So if he's upset about that, uh, what are you going to do about it? He's wrong. Um, and I've enjoyed seeing Coach Cal for the most part being all for it. But the portal, I agree with. Look, I'm all for one-time transfer waivers because I think the players deserve that power. Uh, but is it good for college basketball and especially mid-majors to have a free agency for pretty much? Uh, no, it's probably not. It stinks for – it really stinks the most for the mid-majors because as soon as that one kid has a year, you'll never see, uh, at least I don't think, a job Moran again where a guy is just so loyal to his mid-major. I mean, you see all these guys who have any grain of success there are playing at a big school the next year. I mean, that's just how it goes. So I understand uh, not liking that, but to step away from the game because of it, uh, at least it sounds like it sped up his process with retirement. It sounded like um, he's probably doing it earlier than he wanted to because of it. I, I think it's silly, but you know what? If you're not going to enjoy it, you might as well go to a younger coach uh, who's probably going to understand it more um, and relate more with the players just because he's closer in age. Well, you say relate. I, I don't think Coach K is stepping away due to his inability to relate to these kids. No. I, I feel like he has adapted as well as Coach Cal has to a degree when it comes to evolving his game and shifting it to the focus of one and done. And despite Duke not making a championship or a Final Four since 2015, the last time they won a championship – they won that championship with three freshmen starting. So I think Coach K, uh, who has made a Final Four in four different decades, uh, obviously one of the greatest coaches of all time, a, a former coach of a USA basketball team, uh, it's going to be an interesting year uh, where he's going to get send-offs to every arena he goes. Uh, don't look for this story to go away anytime soon. But for today, 
for this Wednesday edition, June 2nd of the Big Blue Insider. It was one of uh, many bombshells when it came to the sporting world. We stay in the sport of basketball and go to the NBA, in which president and general manager of the Boston Celtics, Danny Ainge, is retiring, and head coach Brad Stevens is taking his place. He will be promoted and replace him as the president and general manager of the Celtics. Danny Ainge is 62 years old, 10 year, or 12 years younger than Coach K, and in 18 seasons as the Celtics GM, he orchestrated one championship, seven conference finals, and three in the last four years. A lot of success for Danny Ainge, the former Celtics player in the front office role, but this move comes one day after the Celtics seasons came to an end in a loss to the Brooklyn Nets in Game 5 of their Round 1 series after clinching the 7th seed in the East in the 2020 NBA season. Brad Stevens, who seems to be the hottest coaching commodity every year in college basketball, is only 44 years old and said that he has been worn down by coaching since the bubble. We've seen a couple of comments in the last couple days about the bubble and how it's worn down players and coaches. Brad Stevens saying he's been worn down by coaching LeBron James, saying he'll never go back to the city of Orlando because of some of the PTSD that he's experienced due to the bubble. Um, you know, this is, this is another bombshell in the world of basketball. And interesting that Brad Stevens uh, is not electing to leave teams, but he's going to stay with them and move into the front office. You know, Aaron, I always pegged Brad Stevens to mo make the move to Indiana or... Maybe if the news would have waited a couple hours, he could have made that move to Duke after Coach K eventually retires. But uh, what do you think about this hot coaching commodity moving up to the front office and Danny Ainge calling it a career? Uh, it's fascinating. <laughs> I think Danny Ainge, uh, I mean, obviously you can't deny the success he has, but it seemed, it felt at least like he was pushed out the door uh, this time. I mean, a lot of, there was a lot of buzz about him potentially being fired or at least resigning, kind of, you know, a make-it-look-better type of thing. Obviously, Boston had a really tough year, despite the East being really awful uh, overall. Uh, Boston gets in the play-in tournament and then, you know, embarrasses themselves expectedly against the Nets. So I think that that part is interesting. All of it's interesting, but Brad Stevens saying he's worn out. He's 44. I mean, he's not an older guy, and I think the bubble – I think the thing that a lot of people are forgetting about what the bubble was, not not just the isolation, all that, this is an incredibly short offseason. I mean, they what? They, the NBA Finals, the Heat and the Lakers finished in October, and by Christmas they were playing again for a whole new year. And both those teams we've seen, you know, the Heat got swept away and they never looked the same. And the Lakers have had arguably the most injuries uh, in the league, and they haven't been close to the same. So it was a really short uh, post, uh, excuse me, off season for the teams that were in that bubble, and then for the teams that weren't, you've seen them stay a lot fresher and have great years, like the Knicks and the Hawks. So it's really interesting from that. But yeah, Brad Stevens, I didn't see that one happening. Though I will say, uh, if I'm the Celtics, I kind of repeat the strategy and pick a college coach, and then hope he can move into the ranks. That seems to be the. Remember, Danny Ainge coached the Suns um, as well, so he's a former coach, moved up. And I think Jawan Howard from Michigan, that would be Ooh. a heck of a hire by Boston. I could see that one happen. Yeah, I, I don't hate that idea. Um, you know, I think Brad Stevens is uh, a no-doubt success kind of guy. I think the future is bright for him. So I, I see why the Celtics 
uh, have faith in him and, and want him to be coming to the front office. But I was a little surprised by this news as well. You know, thinking about the NBA bubble, it really was fascinating to look back and think that these players had to leave their families for months at a time to entertain us on our television screens. And, you know, we're going to have a conversation a little bit later at the show about 7 p.m. about Naomi Osaka, the tennis player who decided that she wasn't going to talk to the press and decided to drop out of the French Open after she was fined $15,000 by the French Open. We talked about that a little bit with Ryan Lemon last night, but, you know, Aaron, your New York Knicks are going through it right now in the playoffs with the Atlanta Hawks, and some of the, some of the interactions between Julius Randle in the press or R.J. Barrett in the press the last couple of days or even what Charles Barkley had to say about Anthony Davis last night on Inside the NBA. We're going to examine that at 7 p.m. And maybe the mental health of a Brad Stevens or LeBron James wasn't in the best place on the road in Orlando in the bubble. And that's what maybe Danny Ainge uh, was feeling when he uh, decided that he would retire. Maybe he was being forced out. This is a guy that had a heart attack uh, back in 2019 and said that that had given him some second thoughts on his career and his job, but the shakeup of the Boston Celtics after their early exit in the 2021 NBA playoffs will be an interesting storyline to track, no doubt. And Aaron, one final story before we get to our first break of the program. Medina Spirit, his failed Kentucky Derby drug test has been confirmed. The second split sample that was being tested at the request of Bob Baffert uh, has come back positive for betamethasone. So it is official that Medina Spirit will be disqualified and from the Kentucky Derby. He is the second horse um, all time to be disqualified from the race due to a drug test. It is the second in three years. If you just want to talk about, in general, being disqualified. Um, but the news right after this, Aaron, right after the news of this drug test coming back positive, Churchill Downs sends out a stunner of a press release saying that Bob Baffert is suspended indefinitely from racing at Churchill Downs for the next two years. He cannot enter a horse, nor a trainer that works for his barn can enter the facility for the next two years. Um, you know, this is a star of the sport, a seven-time Kentucky Derby winner. I guess it'll have to go back down to sixth after we strike down the record. But Bob Baffert morphing into the villain that horse racing needs, Aaron, with his sleek white hair and his sunglasses. He's not going to be seen on the premises for two years. My answer to that is good. I mean, look, you just good. The thing that yeah, good. The thing that's crazy to me is that you you mentioned it. Two horses all time uh, have been disqualified, and they've been two in the last three years. That means something's got to give, and something's got to change, and it's got to scare people into not doing this. So by laying down the hammer on your sports biggest star, uh, at least figuratively, uh, it's great. It, it should prevent anyone from being dumb and cheating again. I mean, we got to you got to lay down the hammer. You saw MLB didn't do it uh, with the Astros. Now there's more stuff coming out about other teams that have been cheating recently or the stuff with the pictures, and they're probably not going to do anything about it. Dancer's Image back in the 60s was the other one that got disqualified. Jack Pilgrim of KSR is coming up next to talk a little UK basketball here on the Home of the Cats, 630 WLAP. You're listening to Big Blue Insider with Dick Gabriel on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome back. 
for this Wednesday edition of the Big Blue Insider, an overcast day in the city of Lexington, Kentucky. I am Billy Rutledge. You can follow me on Twitter at BillyRSports, along with Aaron Gershon and Bo Robinson today. And right now, joining us on our celebrity hotline is the Kentucky men's basketball beat writer at Kentucky Sports Radio. He is also the host of the Sources Today podcast. He is friend of the show, Jack Pilgrim, and he is on our line right now. How are you this afternoon, Jack? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Oh, doing good. We got plenty to talk about on this slow summer sports day. So let's jump right into some of the bombshells that we've had in the college basketball world. Uh, starting with Coach K, who is set to retire after the 2021 season, but not after the Kentucky Wildcats will take on Duke in Madison Square Garden at the Champions Classic. Jack, did this news uh, come a bit of surprise to you, or were you kind of expecting Coach K to be on his way out eventually here? Well, what's kind of funny is over the last month or, or so, month and a half or so, uh, some of the most recent events I've gone to, there have been some, you know, very, very quiet rumblings like, hey, you know, he's not retiring like immediately, but this is probably something that should be on everybody's radar uh, very likely at the end of next season. Uh, and, the, you know, it's more so when would the announcement come? So I, 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 I can't say that it was necessarily a shock that the news ended up breaking and, and the way it did, but, uh, you know, it, it is kind of something that, you know, Co- Coach K has always been a guy that has, you know, he's, he's like the limelight and he's like, you know, being in the spotlight a little bit. So what other way would Coach K go out then on, than uh, by announcing his own farewell tour and, you know, getting the Derek Jeter treatment on his way out of, uh, you know, on his way out of, of Duke. It just, it, it, it makes so much sense for a guy like Coach K. Yeah, no, exactly, Jack. He's going to get the Derek Jeter tour where he gets a commemorative bat or basketball at every arena that he goes to. He, I'm sure he can't wait for it. But are you telling me it's just a coincidence that we got two of the greatest coaches of all time deciding to retire in the same offseason, whether it be Roy Williams, who decides to call it quits at UNC, and now Coach K, who says he's going to do it a year later. Is this all a coincidence, or do you think that with everything on the horizon, whether it be this one-time transfer rule and some power going back to the players when it becomes to name, image, and likeness, do you think this is kind of pushing these guys out? Well, I kind of go back to the John Beeline news when he kind of abruptly retired from Michigan, or I guess he took the, you know, went to the NBA and kind of said, you know, screw the coaches, the college coaching ranks. I'm, I'm moving on. Uh, back then, I, I don't know if he publicly said this, but a lot of the private behind the scenes talk was that he, you know, kind of got fed up with how dirty college basketball got and, you know, all of the excess baggage that kind of came with being a college coach in, in, in today's society. And I thought it was pretty telling that right after Roy Williams retired, that there were, you know, some of those same rumblings that, you know, the transfer portal and upcoming NIL rules and those sorts of things kind of pushed him that direction. I think Jeff Goodman just said the exact same thing about Coach K, that that he understood that he was on the tail end of his career, and those decisions kind of expedited the process for him. So uh, I, I do think it's kind of telling that when, you know, kind of the player empowerment movement with, you know, players starting to get money by themselves and, and be, you know, be able to, being able to profit off of their names, images, and likenesses and, and uh, you know, the transfer portal with, you know, they can go wherever they want, at, you know, same way coaches can any day. If, if a coach gets a big job offer headed their way, they can they can drop whatever they're doing and take that. And I think it is kind of telling that, 
you know, two of the kind of more old school coaches in, in college basketball said, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about all this and, and decided to leave right when that stuff starts ramping up. So yeah, I think it is, I think it is pretty telling and uh, yeah, it, it's it, very, very interesting to say the least. Yeah, it will be the 42nd season at Duke for Coach K this year. It'll be this 47th total, and it'll be certainly the end of an era to not see Coach K on the sideline. I think he is Duke for a lot of people, Jack. That That's me included. I, I wasn't in this world at a time where he wasn't the coach at Duke, so it, it will be a massive change. But moving to the NBA on the other bombshell that we saw today with President and GM Danny Ainge stepping down and Brad Stevens taking his place with the Boston Celtics. What do you make of this rebrand of Boston? And, and did you feel like that Brad Stevens, the prodigal son of Indiana and hottest college coaching candidate for the next decade, will ever go back to the coaching ranks? Yeah, this is this is right up my alley. I'm a diehard Boston Celtics fan, so that was definitely some news to kind of start start my day for sure. I, I think this this kind of transition, I definitely was not anticipating Brad Stevens taking over as, as the president, but I think the transition of Danny Ainge kind of taking a step back, you know, I think he had a heart attack two years ago, and, and he said during his press conference today that he was, he was strongly considering a, a, you know, stepping down back when that happened, and, and it's just kind of as the seasons have gone on the last two years, I think it just kind of pushed him that direction. Uh, but I think Brad Stevens leaving his role is definitely the more interesting decision of the two. You know, like you said, the guy that uh, rumored to have turned down a ten million dollar per year offer with the Indiana Hoosiers, you know, as their as their hometown hero, the guy that was going to kind of reinvent their program, take, bring bring everything back to the Bobby Knight days, and and kind of uh, put put them back on, on top of the uh, of the college basketball world that they think that they live in in their minds. And they, he, you know, turned down that offer. You know, whether that ten million dollar per year offer, seven seven year, seventy million dollar offer was a legitimate one or not, there was obvious interest there. He confirmed that the interest was there, and, and he could have had that job if he wanted. Uh, so I do think it is pretty telling that he would rather not coach at Indiana, or he, he'd rather not coach at all than be the head coach at Indiana, which is just so so beautiful. I love I love everything about that narrative. Um, as far as his return to the coaching ranks, I got to admit when this Duke news did come out, it kind of scared the bejesus out of me, thinking like, man, what what would happen if if the timing aligned for him to take over that Duke program? Because I do think he would absolutely kill it there. And uh, you know, I don't know about John Shire, and, and you know, kind of uh, he has a solid reputation in, in the high school basketball ranks and kind of you know recruiting circles and those sorts of things. But can he take over a program like like Duke? Can he? Uh, you know how how is that going to go, and, and you know would it be a one, two, three year kind of trial period before Brad Stevens says, yeah, you know what, I think I'm uh, I think I'm done with this president stuff. I want to get back to the coaching rank. So that part definitely scares me a little bit, but uh, it, it is kind of I, I guess it is pretty good news that Duke has already been re- you know they're already ready to name that coach in waiting. So uh, it's not like there's going to be a, an open hire process that could open up for, you know, a Brad Stevens to take that job. And that, that would definitely uh, scare me, and, and I'm sure it would scare the rest of the Blue Nation as well. Yeah, you mentioned the coach in waiting, John Shire. UNC did something very similar when they named Hubert Davis the head coach there under after Roy Williams, the guy that was on the staff that's been learning to, to save some continuity when it comes to recruits. Is that the most important thing when it comes to these coaching changes, Jack? Because – 
hypothetically, let's look at Kentucky. Coach Cal is a rock star. He could decide to step down one of these days. Did you Do you feel like the optimal move would be to promote somebody from within, like a Ja Lucas, because it is uh, able to keep that continuity? Or do you feel like uh, it, something's different needed at a place like Kentucky? What do you make of them just promoting the guys from within? Yeah, I think that is a, a pretty interesting question. And I think UK is in a very interesting situation considering they've already essentially named Coach Cal as the uh, the ambassador of the program or whatever you want to say when that day does come that he will always have a role inside this program so there's never going to be a time that it's just going to be a, an open hire process that that you know they're going to have to start from scratch I think Coach Cal signed this lifetime contract and, and you know however you want to describe that he he did that with the intention of this is going to be kind of my baby for the rest of my basketball career. And, uh, you know, I, there, there's no way Coach Cal leaves the program or they, you know, he, he retires or whatever the situation is uh, without having a coach, him having his hands on the hiring process and, and finding his replacement. He's not going to put this program in, in bad hands. There's already been rumblings that, you know, when Kenny Payne left for the Knicks that he was kind of, uh, you know, penciled in as his replacement at the end of the day. I think I mentioned that last time I was on this show, that, uh, that, there, was, that there were some pretty quiet uh, you know, rumblings that that could be on the, on the horizon, that he kind of said, yeah, KP, I want you to kind of start getting some coaching experience and build your brand up a little bit more elsewhere, you know, maybe take a head coaching job, and then whenever that day comes that, that you could be the guy. But, uh, I mean, he, you, you see what, he, what he's done with this coaching staff already with a like Coach O and, and Jay Lucas and, and, you know, Ken Coleman's kind of a, a rising superstar in this, uh, you know, league as well. So I would, I would expect them to, you know, when that day does come to, to you know, kind of have a full, you know, full hiring process. But the options are definitely there for, you know, for the continuity. And, yeah, I do think it is important to, you know, kind of keep that brand there. If, if, if the piece is right, you know, you don't want to force, force the issue if there's not, uh, you know, a, a person capable of taking over a program like Kentucky. But luckily for UK, I don't think they have that problem with, with the strong coaching staff that they have. Jack, sticking with Kentucky and this new look coaching staff, how do you think, obviously there's a lot of hype about it, Coach O coming back, getting the recruiting game back, Realistically, what do you think in comparison the 2022 recruiting class is going to look like compared to the years, uh, the, these past couple of years where you haven't necessarily seen that top five blue chip guy everyone knows in the class? Well, I, I do think that. Are you saying it, how this team is going to look currently, or just how no. the recruiting landscape is going to be for? Yeah, how, do, for how is the recruiting landscape going to change, and is it going to be the instant? we're going to get every five-star again type of thing, or is it uh, calm down a little bit? Yeah, you know, I think the, the you know, NIL rules that are set to pass here in the very near future, I, you know, kind of the uh, tentative date that I've heard is July 1st, that UK is already kind of exploring, you know, what kind, what that would look like, you know, having, you know, player camps and, you know, a, a Ty Ty Washington camp and a C.J. Frederick camp and a Dante Allen camp where, you know, some of these players are we're going to be able to start putting money in their pockets and those sorts of things. I think when that officially passes, uh, I think it's going to open the door. I've heard, I mean, the, the numbers right now, the NCAA hasn't nailed anything down yet, but it, I, I have heard numbers that it would lead one to believe that it would be competitive with a, a G League offer or, a, you know, at least, give, at least give those type of players something to think about instead of just 
automatically turning down the college ranks for you know the, the pro ranks. So I think when when that does officially pass, I think it's going to kind of put Kentucky back on that level playing field, uh, just in terms of of being under the spotlight. I think Cal in his most recent press conference said that. Uh, of all major sporting events, UK had the number four overall TV ratings of any. Maybe it was like professional basketball or any, of of all the basketball, you know, professional college. UK had the number four overall ratings. Whatever, whatever his, the stat that he threw out there was, uh, he the, he already has those numbers kind of backed up in his head, knowing, you know, during these recruiting pitches, to, you know, knowing what to say to these kids, and and I do think that is going to be pretty important for. Uh, you know the program to kind of establish that hey we can we can make a competitive offer now you know com- you know completely legally with these NIL rules and and I do think that uh, you know UK is going to be able to get some of those guys back and I think it it just boils down to you know getting coach O getting coach Chin uh, Jay Lucas is is a phenomenal coach he he really uh, connects well with with young up and coming recruits as well. So uh, I think it's kind of a it, you know kind of all all in approach with you know the upcoming rule changes, the you know kind of just rebranding with the staff hires and, and kind of changing uh, of you know those in, in recent weeks. So I, I do think they're going to get back to that, but I do think that it's going to be a, a, a firm mix of getting their guys at the top of the list. You know that transfer portal, getting you know the, the best fits to. Uh, adapt to the modern college basketball game. I think it's uh, the, the game is obviously changing with you know the emphasis on skill and shooting those sorts of things. So I think it's going to be a happy medium of kind of all those things. Well, Jack, tell me if you agree with me here. I just think it's simply refreshing to see the pictures come out of these some of these UK satellite camps the last couple of days. It's just nice to see these guys have an off season of bonding. Something that I think that we overlooked uh, a little bit when it came to the 2020 season and how these guys were able to gel. Just to see Ty Ty Washington moving into the Wildcat Lounge and and waving back to some fans and being starstruck of all the attention that he's getting. I feel like a lot of the times uh, we've talked about mental health uh, and how it's affected many young athletes across the country in the last calendar year. I feel like um, we're into a much better off season already in this 2021 year and. You know, I told myself I wasn't going to get excited again after I got excited last year and they went 9-16 and 16 or whatever it is, but I'm starting to believe again, Jack. Well, yeah, and I think Coach Cal said it uh, right after the season ended and kind of and, and kind of as the summer you know, spring went on and it kind of became clear that things were going to be opening up more and mandates were lifted and those sorts of things that, that you know, you got to get these kids back on campus. you got to get them – you know, playing five on five again. They got to, you know, play pickup like normal kids. They have to go to these, you know, they're on campus, they're on a college campus. They got to live a normal campus life and, and be kids because last year uh, I had one uh, t- talking to Nolan Hickman's dad, uh, the high school equivalent of, you know, dealing with the back and forth of, of you know, only basketball events locked inside the dorm. Those He said it was modern day childhood, uh, you know, prison. And it's just like that's kind of how these kids felt. It was like, prison for them and wow. that and you know that type of approach is just not something that uh, you know that that won't work for any program that's kind of why the the you know high level experienced teams with you know junior seniors that have kind of been around and knew how to navigate those uh, you know just difficult waters uh, a program like Kentucky with new you know 10 new faces in, inside the program they just had no idea how to handle that i think i so last year, um, players didn't get on campus until June 28th. I'm pulling these numbers off the top of my head. So 
if I'm a day or two off, you know, don't don't come after me. But OU's <laughs> players got on campus June 28. Uh, I think Isaiah Jackson came on came at like July 14th. I think coaches weren't allowed to be with the players uh, until July 20th, and I think it was it wasn't until August that you know full contact five on five pickup basketball was played. So full you know early August, mid August was when actual basketball was played for these kids. And uh, Ty Ty Washington posted a little video of him working out May 31st, just the day after he moved in. So, I mean, we're talking about a two-month head start over what they got last year, just in terms of, uh, you know, building chemistry. And, you know, we're, we're getting already practice reports from players. I think uh, whoever talked uh, whoever talked yesterday, Jacob Toppin, said uh, that, that uh, Damian Collins was looking good in pickup, pickup games. And, you know, we didn't get these things last year at all. And, and I think they missed this early – you know, such important chemistry, you know, team bonding, team building, chemistry, you know, moments that, that every team needs, especially young teams like Kentucky. They didn't get that last year. And, and you know, by the looks of things, they already have a two-month head start on last year. So, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. This, this, this offseason is the most important in John Calipari's career. And, uh, and I, I definitely think he's hit, hit a home run. Uh, from start to finish, so far, I think I think things are definitely uh, on on the uh, up and up for sure. Well, I tell you what, Jack. After seeing some of the crowds over the past couple of weeks at Madison Square Garden or at some of these NBA games, I cannot wait to get back to full capacity at Rupp Arena or Kroger Field. Jack Pilgrim has been our guest. He is the host of the Sources Say podcast and the men's basketball beat writer for KSR. Follow him on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR. And Jack. You stay close to that phone because we're going to need you back here sometime this summer to talk more basketball. Is that good? Absolutely. Anytime. I appreciate you guys. All right. Thank you very much, Jack. We're going to take a break here on the Big Blue Insider. We'll be right back here on 630 WLAP. Big thanks to Jack Pilgrim joining the show here on this millennial version of the Big Blue Insider. I am Billy Rutledge along with Aaron Gershon and Bo Robinson. You can follow Jack on Twitter at JackPilgrimKSR. And coming up in the second hour of Big Blue Insider tonight at 7.30 p.m., Nick Coffey will join the show. He hosts a morning radio show in the city of Louisville, Kentucky on 790KRD, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., talking all things Louisville Cardinals. We'll talk to him about the University of Louisville and Coach Chris Mack. I feel bad about Chris for Chris Mack with all the Dino Gaudio stuff and the scandal around him. How do you recruit during a time like this? We're going to get some of Nick Coffey's insights at 7.30. At 7 o'clock, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the NBA, what's going on with Aaron's New York Knicks. They have another game tonight. They're looking to not get eliminated from the playoffs. And as we were talking about Rupp Arena and Kroger Field and all the fans back, I do have some good news to pass along that Western Kentucky announced today that they will have full-capacity stadiums in the fall. That's right, all 22,000 of you can pack into L.T. Smith Stadium. Football's back. It's around the corner. I'm Billy Rutledge. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more Big Blue Insider here on the Home of the Cats, 630 WLAP. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.